0: nice to be back with you folks once again i always appreciate a lively children's story madeline thank you you draw people up into this story and that was a wonderful your enthusiasm one of the wonderful things we have in the bible is that no matter how many times we study a bible text no matter how many times we go over certain prophecies, certain issues, even certain doctrines, we discover again and again new understanding. One of the great areas of the Book of Revelation that Adventists understand is the issue of the earth beast or the false prophet. And I want to address some of the issues that relate to the earth beast and the false prophet in our worship hour here this morning. Adventists understand the earth beast and that false prophet to be the United States and apostate Protestantism. And I wanna go over some of the issues that we have in scriptures and some of the issues also from Ellen White's writings that perhaps give to us a new and fresh understanding of really what is happening today in America. In 1893, Catherine Bates, professor of English at Wesleyan College in Massachusetts, wrote a poem. America the Beautiful. An organist in New Jersey put to words that lyri- and the lyrics for that particular... Actually, she wrote a poem and then he added the music at that time. And this is what it said. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. America, America, God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. It's interesting. We can take that hymn, and substitute the word Christianity for America. Christianity, Christianity. God shed his grace on thee and, she- and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Christianity, Christianity. God mend thy every flaw or a misunderstanding. Confirm thy soul In self-control, thy liberty in all. Thomas Jefferson, one of the principal authors of the Declaration of Independence, said this, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and happiness. The Bible tells us in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, in John 8, 36, you shall be free indeed. And then in Proverbs 29, if you know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. The principles that were part of the Declaration of Independence, the principles in the thinking of Thomas Jefferson, were biblical principles. And that is how this country began with those thoughts, those concepts. The United States was established with great reverence for God and also the rule of law. Over two centuries, these principles were respected by the majority of Americans. But honor for God has dwindled. Many have completely abandoned worship and obedience to those Christian principles. If you follow news, especially on the internet, you can see how far away the United States at this time is going. Our culture and that of many countries has become an echo of Jeremiah's day. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned aside and gone away. Jeremiah 5.23 Paul was even more forceful when writing to Timothy regarding our day in reflecting on those who claim to be Christians Not the secular world, but on those who claim to be Christians. This is what Paul said in writing to Timothy. But mark this. There will be terrible times at the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. His list goes on, unforgiving slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Why did he mention so many, many things? He wanted to be all-inclusive on some of the issues that we will observe as God's true people as we have entered the end of time. And finally, pleasures rather than lovers of God. Speaking of this time, Ellen White had something very interesting to say. The Bible declares that before the coming of the Lord, there will exist a state of religious declension, deterioration, or decline, similar to that, it's interesting now what she says, in the first century. Satan will work with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness. And all that receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, will be left to strong delusions. And they shall believe a lie, Second Thessalonians 2. And then she says this, which is very fascinating. When this state... And this is kind of a prophecy that we've been given through the spirit of prophecy. When this state of ungodliness shall be reached, the same results will follow as the first centuries. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Quite deep, actually. It's a very important way that she's expressing that. When ungodliness fragments the fabric of American culture, and society suddenly sees the detriment as what is to happening, there will be a move to conformity to something religious to rectify what they're beginning to see and have concern about. She continues, when this shall be gained, then in the effort to secure complete conformity, it will only be one step to enforce this issue. Profound statements that she has made. Society right now is beginning to question the trend of what is happening in America, especially. Ellen White also said the Apostle saw in prophetic vision, what should exist near the close of time? And if our hearts were not calloused by sin and iniquity, That's a caveat in her writing on this concept. We should discern and sense, which is what we're trying to do here this morning. If our hearts are not calloused by sin and iniquity, we should discern and sense the prophetic picture held up to our view by the Apostle Paul. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So we're going to massage our way through some of these issues Many prominent individuals right now in America are raising this kind of concern. Things are happening that have never occurred before, even in the last two years. Relative to the horrible violence in America, Baton Rouge Sheriff Gateau said that this is not, quotes, so much about gun control as it is about what is in men's hearts. And until we come together as a nation, as a people, to heal as a people, if we don't do that and this madness continues, we will surely perish as a people. Now here's a secular sheriff, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, beginning to observe the problems through our society. And this is exactly the kind of cry that Ellen White has talked about that occurs towards the end. At a recent prayer breakfast, President Donald Trump called for a great reawakening of nations. He called for the revival of their spirits, their pride, their people, and their patriotism, and getting back to God. Trump more recently has been talking about God in many of his speeches, which is a very positive thing. Hungary's prime minister, very fascinating individual to to observe, by the name of Orban, recently said, Christianity is Europe's last hope. Politicians favoring immigration have opened the way to the decline of the Christian culture. Rand Paul, one of our senators, when recently speaking at the National Association of Evangelicals, this is what he said. Government's not going to make us a virtuous society. Most of us don't rape, murder, do all the horrific things, not because there's a law against it, but because we have a sense of right and wrong. Said said Paul, this gentleman, this senator, we have a moral compass. We have something grounded in religion. We have this sense of virtue. This must totally become part of America once again. Interesting, isn't it? Once again, this is fulfilling some of the issues that Ellen White addressed. Entertainer, Doc Commander Phil Robertson, noted February 2019, this month. Trump wants to make America great again, and I'm all for that, and I'm behind it. I'm trying to get people to see that America is never going to be great again until America becomes godly once again another prominent figure in the media. Rush Limbaugh said in February this month, my privilege was to be born in a country that acknowledges the origins of my freedom and liberty and my right to pursue happiness, and that's because of God. And Rush Limbaugh also is mentioning God more and more in some of his narratives in the morning. Where can God be found? Where is the respect that our friend Jesus deserves? In America, it is being rapidly diminished, and more and more people are speaking out for it. Ellen White had something else very interesting to say in 1888. And it's a puzzle. It was a puzzle to me. When I was in college, This is the thought that I puzzled over. When our nation in its legislative council shall enact laws to bind the conscience of men in regard to their religious privileges, enforcing Sunday observance and bringing oppressive power to bear against those who keep the seventh-day Sabbath, the law of God will all intents and purposes be made void in our land. But this here now is the part that I was puzzled over. I couldn't understand it back then, but I do today. When that becomes void in our land, then national apostasy will be followed by national ruin. Up until the words national ruin, I accepted, perhaps naively so. I actually was unaware that the Sunday laws were even predicted by Daniel. And that's something that I think all Adventists really need to understand. But how could this incredible country ever fall or fail, be ruined, be no longer a major power? I couldn't really quite grasp that. Perhaps it's more difficult to grasp that when we think about what Trump is doing to try to make America great once again. What we've been looking at with those leaders in this country and those that are in in the media is a preface to what is happening before national ruin occurs. This country must become so morally degraded that it is a tipping point when those laws are made and enforced. And I want to build up on the psychodynamics of it that Ellen White presents looking at ancient civilizations, Greek, Egyptian, Roman, and Hebrew even, they all had two things in common. They never imagined that they would fall or fail until it was too late. At their end came destruction, defeat, and disaster. It is sobering to think What the last thoughts of the people were, as they suddenly realize we're being attacked, something is happening, and there's really no escape. What hopeless prayers do they utter at that time? What blanket of terror enveloped them at that particular time? The fall of nations may come from the outside, but it usually relates to weakening what is happening on the inside and that's some of the issues that we're trying to address here this morning. The fall of nations is something that is beginning to tiptoe into the realms of the United States. President Lincoln said this, this was before the Civil War. At what point shall we expect the approach of danger? By what means shall we fortify against it? Shall we expect some transatlantic military giant to step the ocean and crush us as a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe, Asia, and Africa combined could not be a force or by force take a drink from the Ohio or make a track on the Blue Ridge in a trial of a thousand years. Well, we know that that could be different today. At what point then is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it ever reaches us, it must spring among us. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and its finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. Just think as I go over some of these things this morning what the prophecies and revelations say about the earth beast. Think what Ellen White says about this nation being ruined. Think about some of the issues that it talks about in the book of Revelation of the, as the false prophet and what happens at the very end to the false prophet. Well, that nearly happened with 600,000 people dying in the Civil War. Thomas Jefferson also said, Can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis? A conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. What is currently degrading the American mind is unfortunately happening to the majority of Christians here in America. Here is a short list that should alarm us here this morning. Number one, Christian standards of integrity and morality are declining. How do we know? Here's one reason. The time spent using television and social media in passive entertainment versus true study of the Bible is changing rapidly. Adults over 18 years of age, and this is the latest statistics, are spending approximately 11 hours a day interacting with the media. It's just hard for me to imagine, but that includes the smartphones too. Children 8 to 16 years of age spend four and a half hours per day on some screen media. Only 14% of Christians, and here's where the caveat comes, only 14% of Christians ever open their Bibles every day. Only 6% beyond that ever open their Bibles once a month. It's a sad commentary. Most are opening up their screens, their phones, different medias, the Internet. But the Bible and God has now taken second place. Compounding this, and this adds to this number one fact, 68% of Christian men watch pornography. What men? Christian men. 68% of Christian men watch pornography. 94% of children will see pornography by the age of 14. Only 13% of Christian women age 14 and up have never seen pornography. This is amazing. And they, those statistics are Christian statistics that have been done. One of the reasons that some of these prophecies that we find in Revelation about <laughs> this country is beginning to come true. Point number two. Historians are deleting the stories of great individuals who stood for God and facilitated the founding of this country. Recent history books that have been published for our high schools only give a small paragraph to George Washington, the first president of the United States. In turn, they are magnifying its wrongs of the past. They are not focused on its successes This is part of creating a national guilt so that Christians and its morals are past forgotten. As this is being done, alternative values by left-wing leaders allegedly standing for right and equality are promoting things, and I'll tell you why I'm mentioning this in one moment, climate change, women's rights, infant promoting infanticide even, gender rights with their transgender lifestyles and homosexual marriages. The Bible says, these are the things that you are to do, to speak truth to each other, render truth and sound judgment. Another interesting thing that is creating problems and taking away the past and trying to alter the present, is judicial activism. You're probably aware that President Trump's executive orders have been blocked. The total number that has been blocked is more than has been blocked in all past presidents since executive orders have been invoked. Things are fragmenting in America. If revisionism forgets the past, the past is forgotten of how this country was established Christian principles. And that is being taken out of these history books. Another major area of concern is media bias that is designed to reshape truly people's thinking. Psychiatrists have been hired by many of our political parties to try to have advertisements in statements that comes out over the media and news reports to alter the mind of individuals, to alter their thinking and altering their attitudes. And none of it is actually supporting (laughs) Christianity. Among this is a strong anti-Christian bias that was evaluated by Warren Smith in a book confronting the anti-Christian bias of the American news media. He said that 72% of mainstream news outlets admit they promote fake and misleading news reports. Now, imagine what that is going on in that concept within America. And it's an anti-Christian concern from these news outlets. There are mind-altering things that, as we watch too much of this media, that it's beginning to undermine the loyalties we have to Jesus Christ. We can't help but reflect on a biblical prediction in Isaiah 59:14 Judgment is turned away backwards Justice standeth afar off Truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter in We are approaching that particular element now Jesus warned watch out that no one mislead you Paul also said that several places in his writings. (laughs) Now, here's a conundrum I want to address. You might be thinking that if the trends in America are anti-Christians, anti-Christian, how will Sunday laws that would allegedly support Christianity ever come in? It's an important question. It's something that we need to analyze and work our way through. And I want to address that in the remaining few minutes here. Ellen White says, the miracle working power, manifest through spiritualism, will exert its influence against those who choose to obey God's laws. Communication from spirits will declare that God has sent them to convince the rejectors of Sunday of their errors. Who are the spirits going to? The rejectors of the Sunday movement. They will lament the great wickedness in the world, and second, the testimony of religious teachers that the degraded state of morals, which we have been briefly looking at, is caused by the desecration of Sunday. Great will be the indignation excited against all who refused to accept this testimony that's a very powerful statement that she mentioned that means we could be the targets of perhaps some of those spiritualistic influences that means we might have contact convincing trying to convince us of the change of the sabbath something negative is happening that they want to reverse At this particular time, the state of immorals, and the spirits are involved with this, and suddenly there's an outcry, like we have the outcry of those individuals that I read at the beginning. From other thoughts from Ellen White, and I'll read this momentarily, the helplessness from calamities will also create a desire to return back to God in some way. So let's analyze what she just said. There will be obvious blatant wickedness that religious teachers are speaking against. Spiritualism and communication of satanic spirits will be authoritative and directive and possibly even coming to God's people. Specifically, the morals of society will be lamented. A societal spirit against Sabbath keepers will develop for not supporting a religious solution to these morals. Do you see how the logic Satan works through this kind of logic to begin to influence our society? Ellen White said this about calamities and something else. Satan puts his interpretation upon events, and I'm sure a lot of you have read this. And they think as he would have them that the calamities which fill the land are the result of Sunday breaking. But here's the phrase I want to emphasize in this quotation, which is a familiar one. Thinking to appease the wrath of God... Does your mind, your wheels begin to spin on that one little phrase? Thinking to appease the wrath of God, these influential men make laws enforcing Sunday observance. They think, by exalting this false rest day, higher and still higher, compelling obedience to the Sunday law, the spurious Sabbath, they are doing God's service. Kind of interesting, isn't it? But I would like to emphasize here this morning the issue of peace. That is something that goes back as old as the history in paganism. When something would happen, a calamity would happen, They would sacrifice to a god to to what? To appease that god so something could be stopped or reversed. So in the concept of us as Adventists thinking about the Sunday laws, part of the reason the Sunday laws come in is because there is this paganistic mindset that somehow we need to appease God. We need to do something to neutralize what is going on. So there may be an anti-Christian spirit in the nation, but when things begin to happen, there's this concept that we have to get back and try to appease him. That, incidentally, is 10 MR, page 239, if you wanted to study it. Angels from Satan's realm will talk with the wicked regarding Sunday worship. Ellen White has told us that. In the last days, Satan will appear as an angel of light. Here's a quotation, I think, another another one that we really need to analyze. I just shared this quotation with a gentleman. He and I are communicating together from Germany regarding end-time prophecy. He just discovered our website. Watch what Ellen White is saying here. It's only one place in her whole writings where she says this. In the last days, Satan will appear as an angel of light with great power and heavenly glory. Well, we kind of understand that as Adventists, and we have a lot of understanding there from the great controversy. And claim to be the Lord of the whole earth. He will declare that the Sabbath has been changed from the seventh to the first day of the week. And as the Lord of the first day of the week, he will present Spurious Sabbath as a test of loyalty to him. Well, that's kind of familiar to Adventists, that concept. But what she says next is not. Then will take place the final fulfillment of Revelation 13. That also is very powerful. Again, more and more as we study her writings, as we study the Bible, our understanding just sprouts wings and we have deeper and deeper, farther places to go to grasp these truths. Revelation 13, she is saying, has two applications. And this one she's talking about happening after Satan appears as an angel of light. Worthy of a lot of study and and pondering. 19 MR, page 282. This Christian movement is now related to another fascinating coalition called the religious left. This is a powerful movement that is currently enrapturing American minds. If you want to type in on an internet search the religious left, the things you'll come up with are stunning. We all know that Vice President Mike Pence is a conservative Christian. He was a Catholic. He became an evangelical. In January 27, in the Screen Actors Guild, Lady Gaga said that he was the worst representation of what it means to be a Christian. That's the religious left. I won't go on with her quotations, but that's what that is. Catholic Governor Cuomo in New York State signed into law permission to kill a baby up until full term, maybe even beyond. They're certainly struggling with that with Virginia right now, whereas a born child can be killed, permitted to die, I should say. An outcry to excommunicate Governor Cuomo continues. Cuomo said that he was a good Catholic. Now watch this mindset. But in his role as governor, he has to sometimes act contrary to his beliefs. And that was accepted by Rome. There's a long story with that. It's very interesting. The left is promoting immigrant rights, climate change, universal health care, racial justice, homosexual rights, and on and on. I could go. But I'm sharing that for one reason here this morning. The religion of the left is all about social justice. And we could go on at length to describe what that means. And concern for the poor, the marginalized, and the oppressed. The Federalist magazine and paper on the internet recently said, this is going to be the future of Christianity. The focus is on more and more what Jesus did than on who Jesus was as our Savior, Jesus Christ. Interesting. An interesting warp to take. that's coming through here in America right now. All this about the liberation, uh, correction, about the religious left, comes under the guise of something that came out of South America and a team of Jesuits. If you want to study it, there's thousands of pages on this on the internet called liberation theology. It's sinister. It sounds good, but it's sinister to undermine what Jesus Christ and who he really is. Why is this important for Adventists to understand Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, we've been told whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise. We are to think upon those things. It's so easy to get into the cultural understanding and be swept up with this cultural religion, if you please. But there's truth at the bottom of things we need to focus our heart and our attention on. And in Philippians 2, 1 through 5, is a similar verse. We are told in Philippians 2, this brief thought, let this mind, not the secular mind, not the Democratic Party, not the religious left, let this mind be in you that was what? In Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the invitation we have as God's true people to be loyal to the truth that's in the Holy Scriptures. Everything that is being honored by the religious left is self-oriented. It is related to personal feelings and convenience. And Catholics are strongly in support of this with more and more Protestants leaning that way because it appeals to good feelings and to greed. And that's another sermon in itself, the concept of appealing to greed. When calamities begin to hurt, it will be easy to assume that setting aside a worship day will please God by appeasing Him. Remember that word, appeasing. We're going to do something so God will do something for us. It's like forcing God because of what we do. Appeasement is pagan, satanic. It denies the wonderful grace that God provides. Many feel cleansed after committing serious evil if they have self-deprivation, perhaps hurting themselves. We know that happens in the Philippines once a year for the Catholics. People beat their back with glass and have bleeding on the back. Some even go and get hung on a cross, fasting for a period of time confessing to another individual like a priest, going to church more, and perhaps finally making a universal worship day. Joel said, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity, Joel 2, 12, and 13. God is saying, I don't need appeasement. My grace is sufficient for you if you just love me. That's all I need. That's part of the dynamics that we can understand as Seventh-day Adventist. Socialism has become a tool of politicians and the religious left to bring a great appeal to greed, things that we would want to have. The leaders of the religious left are surreal, sinister, and deceptive, just like the serpent at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The collective thinking of this is common good. Rather than the government serving you, you end up serving the government. That will soon become one of the outcomes of the coercive laws that Seventh-day Adventists understand is going to be coming to America. The late John Paul, and I won't go through some of the quotations here because of our time. The late John Paul II had an apostolic letter, Deus Domini, maybe some of you are aware of that, But that is the first time that formally, from Rome, there was an appeal to start having Sunday laws. Pope Benedict XVI did the same thing, and Pope Francis recently has been hinting the exact same thing. The way he worded, we need to have laws that the civil government will be assured to enforce. He projected guilt. Your conscience must be obligated to do this. Refrain from work on that holy day. Your conscience should tell you you shouldn't work on Sunday. You will ensure your relationship with God if you honor that first day of the week. When negative things happen, like calamities, how easy it will be to appease God to try to reverse these things. It's an interesting dynamic for us to study. And it's a dynamic for us to watch society and really see how the mind is being bent and shaped. Alan White says, every person, and I'm sure you all know this quote, should understand the true force of the will. He should be led to see how great is the responsibility involved in this gift. Have you chosen yet? this morning to please Jesus all day long today. The will is the governing power in the nature of man, the power of decision or choice. Every human being possessed of reason has power to choose the right. In every experience of life, God's word to us is, choose you this day whom you will serve. And this is why we need to have a clear understanding of what truth really represents. Everyone may place his will, his choice, on the side of the will of God. May choose to obey him and be thus linking himself with the divine agencies. He may stand where nothing can force him to do evil. Oh my, I want to be in that position, don't you? Where nothing, life or maybe even death, knocking at our doors will alter our commitment to Jesus Christ. What Adventist correctly understands relating to the laws from our understanding of the Bible and the rich quotes from Ellen White, there will be a point in time when our wills will be coerced. How we live, how we choose, and how we exercise the will now will determine how we will react when laws come to force our wills. America, the false prophet of the book of Revelation and the earth beast of the book of Revelation, is moving towards moral corruption as a nation. Guilt is deepening. Losses of material goods is predicted just ahead. Appeasing God for relief will include the Sunday laws We have a beautiful challenge. Instead of appeasing God, let's please God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we need clarity of thinking to understand the trends here in America and really around the world. People are rebelling against you, but Father, we want to be on your side. We want to please you. We want to be part of you. We want to eternally be in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that your spirit will shower down upon this group here this morning, that we may crave to become more like Jesus and to please him in his wonderful, wonderful name.